politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to defend our liberty to the one and only CR podcast here at Blaze TV on this fine Wednesday, January 27th. A little bit cold and snowy here where I am, but I am nice and cozy here in my bunker, ready and invigorated to fight for liberty, and it will be a fight. I'm not exaggerating when I tell you guys there are one of two outcomes that could occur in this country. You know, Today, Steve Dace had me on the show to discuss my thoughts on the 2024 presidential candidates, and I, I, I said very clearly, look... We are not going to have a normal election, in my view. Either we're going to be in a gulag, or there will be candidates that will have to be vetted by the government, or we're going to have some sort of a two-state solution, some sort of arrangement that doesn't look like what we have now. And I really hope it's the latter, and that is our contest, to fight for the latter. You know... As dark as things are, and as much as I'm kind of the prince of darkness, the prophet of woe and lamentation, I think those of you who really do enjoy this show understand that a real prophet of woe and lamentation kind of warns people to repent or gives them them an avenue to fight back and to change the course of history. The reason why I'm here, the reason why I think you guys all tune in and the show is fast-growing is because you know it doesn't have to be this way. What I think is that out of this darkness could come a lot of light. And I want to discuss some of those opportunities that I'm seeing today, some good news that I'm seeing. I could talk about a lot of negative things, but I am seeing some good news to report on. But I first want to say, I myself feel reinvigorated by the movement we're creating. Other people are helping as well. I love connecting with you guys. I I apologize if I don't always get a chance to respond. I see most of the emails. I usually get to respond, and I know if sometimes I do respond, don't feel bad if a second or third time, maybe it's just a a word or two just to confirm I got it. It means stuff something to me. I always look into any ideas you give me, but it's just sometimes sheer volume. I just don't necessarily have the time, Um, but really looking forward to meeting you guys all out in Nevada at Front Sight. Again, those of you signed up at constitutioncoach.com, can't wait to see you guys for the defense training, concealed carry training, constitutional training. Um, We'll get together and try to form a group of our us Minutemen. I think there's about 50 of us going out. And again, if it didn't work out for you, there are more dates available at constitutioncoach.com in March and June. Check them out. Um, Again, it's 90% off of Front Sight's typical training, which is normally like $1,000 for the three-day, $2,000 for the five-day course. It's 90% off that. And you you just pay for your way there. You got Rick Green's going to give the Constitution classes. We're going to have a really good time. So, look, let's get more people signed up for March and June, whatever works for you, whatever weather you enjoy better. I like it better when it's a little bit on the colder side there, but um, some people like the warmer weather as well. It's just very dry there. So, again, constitutioncoach.com, our sponsor for January. Now, what as I've said before, we have hobbled along as a sick and failed republic, really since Reagan. The culture has been permeated with licentiousness and hedonism and socialism. Our markets were never free market. They were venture socialist with the gov- uh, the big corporations and the lobbyists working together to use the boot of government to distort the market Fiscal policy, monetary policy. We never had a free market for a long time. And we just always went along nibbling at the edges, thinking we're somehow going to fix this. And the truth is, we never were. And that's why part of what the left is doing now, 
just throwing us out carte blanche, making it blatant. They are throwing us out. You can't do e-commerce anymore. You can't do social media on their platforms. In some ways, it's a blessing in disguise. Because it's going to force us in the private sector to create a parallel economy, a parallel society, parallel schooling, heck, parallel hospitals, certainly mediums of uh, communication. And then also in government, we put all of our eggs in the basket of the federal government that has been irremediably broken. We always needed to shore up the areas where we had majority and even supermajority voters in support of our causes, but the governments just didn't respond. And now I think we're, we're at the cusp of because the left is so radical, it's going to force us to fight back at a local level. But again, unfortunately, only in certain parts of the country, we're going to have to do some self-sorting. I am willing and ready to move. If I could find a county within a state that is going to reflect our values, reflect our economic vision, reflect American patriotism, and I know it's going to be durable, then it's worth it for me to move. But I'm trying to figure out where that is. I think a lot of us are. And look, with this whole Zoom culture and working remotely, I think it has been a blessing that it will make it easier for people to, to move. But this has always been the problem. We've always been dependent on their institutions. They've controlled them. I mean, originally they weren't their institutions, but they've taken them over, and they've taken them over for a long time. We've been fighting with a gun where the bullet comes out the backside. We've been placing our capital into bags and sacks that are full of holes. And we were just too scared to change. So the good news is the Democrats are kicking us out. I think of two verses that, that crossed my mind. Numbers 1626. When Moses was dealing with the rebellion, Korak and his assembly, he spoke to the congregation saying, please get away from the tents of these wicked men and do not touch anything of theirs lest you perish because of all their sins. And Genesis 19:15 and as they and as they as and as the dawn rose the angels pressed Lot that was Abraham's nephew saying get up take your wife and your two daughters who are here lest you perish because of the iniquity of the city That's what it is the ABA for law the AMA for medical association. We need to create our own professional institutions, our own media, our own social media. This is, this is what always needed to be done, and now they're forcing us to do it anyway. So the opportunities are boundless. Our people are smart. The emails I get from guys like you, I mean, you have terrific ideas. A lot more private sector experience than I do. And I think there's a lot we can do by eventually self-sorting. And again, you're going to hear a lot of dramatic language. you got to walk before you run. And it's going to require doing some of the immediate things we need to do in the economy and society and fighting back in the institutions and the governmental institutions we have in the states and counties where we have majorities. But eventually, that's going to have to lead to some sort of self-sorting. I challenge anyone to refute that and show me how we could live harmoniously together. Because again, people forget, you can't look at the left the way they are now. Look at how much they've changed in just four years, how radical they've gotten. They're not going to stop. They're not stopping. If somehow we think we could just power on now, believe me, there's going to be a time in the not-so-distant future that none of us could just power on, look, I got my job, I'll keep quiet, I gotta keep my job. And again, I understand that for now, but we are going to have to create a parallel society and economy. You can't fix 
a homosexual, transgender, licentious insanity where it's not just a little bit away from God's design, but like 180 degrees upside down, inside out. You can't live like that. We can't live with the education and the healthcare and the legal society the way it is. Now, one of the things you can do immediately is support the few brave sponsors that are willing to put their product behind us, so I'm willing to put my show behind their product. True Niogen, today's sponsor, terrific product I want to share with you. We've talked a lot about boosting your immune system, boosting your vitamins as really the only effective way of dealing with coronavirus, but you know many other ailments. As we age, you can start to see it in your face, feel it in your bones. You have all these creams out in the market that claim they'll give you younger skin and energy shots that'll give you youthful energy. Let's look deeper, folks, beneath the surface on how we, as a people, can counteract the effects of aging. God has given us some ingenuity to get around that. Not permanently. We don't live forever. But True Niogen does help us age better by supporting the energy-generating engines that exist in our bodies, helping us restore youthful energy. Tiny repair enzymes work deep in your cells to help you recover from lifestyle routines that are hard on your body, including sleep deprivation, an intense workout, or poor diet. I certainly have two of those <laughs> that apply to me. True Niogen supports these enzymes. True Niogen is safety-tested, backed by Nobel Prize-winning scientists. Age smarter, folks, with, new, with True Niogen. Right now, new customers, you and the audience can save $20 on a three-month supply by going to trueniagen.com and entering promo code Daniel at the checkout. And I'll spell that for you. That is T-R-U-N-I-A-G-E-N.com. Enter promo code Daniel at the checkout to save your 20 bucks on your first three-month supply. That's trueniagen.com, promo code Daniel. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Although I will tell you guys, um, I trust them more than I trust the FDA, (laughs) given how political they've become. So this is what it is. We're going to have to create parallel economies, support our own products. And I want to make something very clear. This is not my ideal. This wasn't my ideal, and I don't think it's your ideal. We're not the ones who believe we have to burn people down over disagreements. You're you're a liberal, I'm a conservative. You're for the Red, Red Sox, I'm for the Yankees. We could live together harmoniously. But if you have one side that doesn't believe that, and it's winner take all, and they're going to destroy us, and then censor us and kick us out anyway, we have no choice. This is how it's going to have to be. But I just want to say... It didn't have to be that way, and they are the ones who cast that lot. So at this point, it's incumbent upon us to choose to choose widely, or wisely, I must say. And one of the big things I've been calling on you guys to email me, dharwitz at blazemedia.com. That is my real email. Um, if you are a lawyer barred in a given area, we badly need legal defense for our type of people. You know, people being fired for COVID fascism and certainly businesses being shut down. We need defense for those people. ADA violations, OSHA violations, self-defense, all sorts of things. Our people are under the gun now. So many of you have reached out with with your generosity. Um, Again, a friend of mine who's a lawyer here in Baltimore is going to curate just the names and try to pair up by geography and then reach out to everyone individually. So you're never going to be put on some mass email or anything. Uh, you could always trust me. It's going to be confidential until we reach out to you and you're willing to, you know, maybe get on a conference call with one, two, three other people in your state. Um, and let's create a parallel group. But one of the things that I think needs to be done, unless someone's doing this, but I haven't heard of it, is someone needs to create a parallel to the Bar Association. You know, one of the reasons we talk a lot about the courts and, you know, I've written 11 theses on why the judicial system is irremediably broken. And I think you you have all tragically seen that after I warned about how Trump appointing better judges, so to speak, is not fundamentally going to work. 
yesterday's ruling out of Texas notwithstanding, maybe we'll get to that. Kudos to Ken Paxton for getting that injunction on uh, Biden's uh, suspension of immigration law. But I do want to say part of the reason is because they control the legal profession. They control the processes and the way the lawyers are teed up, the way the lawyers think, the way they're educated. That is through the Bar Association. And, and, and for too long, we've allowed them to monopolize it like as, if, like as if it's the Bible. Like you have the Bible, you have the Constitution, and then, okay, to engage in, you know, therapy and teaching, you got to join their association where they're a bunch of communists. To be a lawyer, you have to join the Communist Guild, the ABA. To be a medical person, you have to join the transgendered AMA and the AHA and all these just just horrible, horrible institutions. The time has come for us to separate. We have no choice anyway. They're kicking us out. And then we have to push in the Republican legislatures. There's, I know there's an effort by Representative Matt Krause in Texas, but I think there's a few others that are trying to make reforms to weaken the power of the ABA. They're standing with state government. But the best way to do that is to create a parallel and then have them recognized at least as an equal in the states we control. And I'm going to talk about that power of the legislature in a couple of minutes. But you get where I'm headed with this. We need to do the same thing with the medical association. So all you guys that are ER doctors that are emailing me about your crazy stories of the the just illogical and insane anti-science immoral policies being instituted in hospitals, including masking women giving birth. I mean, stuff that first graders could understand And these guys have these medical degrees and they're utterly insane. So you guys could stick your head out and not get it chopped off. And again, you know, don't shoot the messenger, but in 40% 40 of our country, the geographical area is gone. Gone, 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 gone. What we need to do is start from the other goalpost let's say from 0 to 40 is gone, start from 100 to 70, and then move in from there. County, state, society, economy, this can be done and must be done. This is the surgery we really always needed to do, but we didn't have the catalyst to do it, we didn't have the rationale to do it, and we just cobbled along, oh, we're going to restore our republic. And really, in retrospect, it was clear Years ago, if not decades ago, we were never going to retrace our steps and recreate what we had before this destruction. It's going to have to be a little bit different, and it's only going to be in part of the country. But that's fine. It's a big country, and I'll take, you know, 10 states, 15 states for liberty than zero. So let's go over some of the news of the day, some of what's going on. I need help as another thing at Miniman Speakeasy. That's our Miniman page on Facebook until we find a new home. Help me out. Post what's going on in your state legislature so we could keep on top of basically there's three levels. There's Republican legislatures that are doing nothing good. There's Republican legislatures that are going after the COVID fascism, but not as strongly as they need to be doing and can do. And then there's bills that are really good that are introduced by backbencher conservatives that we need to pressure the leadership in those legislatures to push. So we need to keep on top of them. And I'm going to just give a synopsis of what I see. And look, there could be more important bills out there. Remember, I'm one man without a staff, and it's hard enough to keep on top of national and and Congress. I certainly don't have a full understanding of the dynamics and the players and the bills and and, uh, 30 legislatures. But let's let's start at the starting point here. Republicans have control of 31 state legislatures. Most of those are not hairline majorities, and a good number of them are super majorities. I want to say maybe about 18 of them. That's a heck of a lot of states where we could have a sanctuary, an American sanctuary, a constitutional sanctuary, 
for the Bill of Rights against COVID fascism. Masks are done. Child abuse is done. Schools and businesses are opened normally in a healthy way. We don't have to cower for our political views and be scared of the government or so-called private entities that are propped up by the government that aren't free market where we could prosper, raise our kids in accordance with America's godly traditions, where our kids don't have to be exposed to constant filth and trash, and our kids could grow up the way we did. It's funny me saying that in my mid-30s, where it was pretty bad already. But look, I'll I'll take the, the 90s over what we have now. But yet, we really don't have it. The question is, why not? And I'm going to show you how there is some good news that's percolating in state legislatures with very minimal pressure, but I think they're starting to feel the pressure. As much as I hate the Republican Party, I think at least at a local level, and depending on the area we have gotten a larger percentage of good guys in the legislature in recent years that are willing to fight. If we had a modicum of a conservative movement, of a patriot movement, in the 31 states where Republicans have control of the legislature, there is so much we can do. So much we can do. The biggest news we have out today is Wisconsin. The Wisconsin State Senate passed a joint resolution terminating Governor Tom Evers, so he's a Democrat governor, his entire, entire emergency order, and that includes the mask mandate. Passed 18 to 13. I believe there's 20 Republicans in the the Senate there, so they have a strong majority, but two rhinos joined the Democrats, but, you know, they had enough to pass it. The state assembly is a strong majority. They'll easily pass it on Thursday. And they did it as a joint resolution. They're able in that state to get rid of an emergency order. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in depth for other states where this doesn't apply. But at least in Wisconsin, they don't need the governor's signature. Because basically after 60 days, the governor has to terminate it. And he lied and didn't terminate it and continued it for almost a year without the authorization of the legislature. So this resolution just declares it null and void, it's unconstitutional, and we're done. And from what I can see, it seems pretty categorical. And I just want to just, you know, one of the things I pride myself in is being on top of legislation. So often Republicans will make pretend that they're doing something righteous, but it's full of holes, and they could do so much better. And I'm usually on top of that in Washington, I don't know the dynamic in every legislature. So I'm trying to find the best bills to promote or where the mainstream Republicans actually pass something to deem whether we can do better or not. This this does seem pretty categorical. It does seem to, with a joint resolution, without the governor's signature, completely nullify it, and that's what we need. Done. So this is really good news. And, and, And remember... There's 23 or 24 states where Republicans have the trifecta. They have the governor, too. This is a state they don't even have the governorship, but they have strong enough majorities in the legislature. They could get rid of it. Done. So this is good news. And I say, like, within the next three weeks between the legislative process and overriding vetoes, we should we should have 31 states in America where, irrespective of what Biden decides to do, COVID fascism should be done. And if it's not, there's something we're doing that's wrong. So this is good news. There's a state, Wisconsin, it's not even, it's it's a a 50-50 state. It's a swing state. The Democrat governor now, Republicans usually win midterms there. But with the legislature, they're going to get rid of it. There's also... Now, obviously, the counties will wind up doing what they want. Milwaukee, Madison will be bad. And this is true of every area. And I don't think they have enough support necessarily to block the counties without the governor. But 
Trump won 80% of Wisconsin's 72 counties. So, again, most areas should be good. Now, I would argue they need to, you know, start passing ADA legislation to go after schools and hospitals that violate OSHA and ADA, places of employment that are terminating people for not wearing masks. That needs to be something that is done. But that that would require the governor's signature. He obviously would never sign it. But again, at least in other states, that needs to be done. My understanding is that, and by the way, this is SJRES3. Then there's another bill that the House passed that has like funding, Medicare, like I think it, it does, um, you know, make sure that, that vaccinations and testing is covered by the state healthcare programs. Um, social, we're all socialists now, whatever. I'm, I'm not going to sit and fight that. It's fine. Um, what extends unemployment or, or waives the one week. You have to sit out one week usually to get unemployment. It waives that. So the governor wants that, and they're giving it to him, but the House is rightfully tacking on several provisions, meaning preventing the governor from closing churches in the future health emergencies, banning employers from requiring workers to get vaccines. I think there's a couple of other good provisions there. The Senate originally passed that. Without those provisions, we need to force the House to stand strong and stare down the governor there. So again, anyone, any patriots in Wisconsin, this is what you guys need to do. Um, So that's good news. That's good news. You have, there are efforts in Pennsylvania, in Arizona, in Kentucky, I'm seeing, maybe Michigan too. And I think there's some sort of effort in most states, but they're not always robust. They're not always as strong as they need to be. And, um, you know, there a lot of them are kind of nibbling around the edges, but this one does get rid of the mask mandate. Um, for example, you have like in Indi- Indiana, they have legislation, but it doesn't get rid of the mask mandate. It maybe requires the governor to come back to, this, to the legislature to continue the emergency. But folks, I, I want to mention something very important here, just in the structure of these governments. So there are states where there's trifecta control. Those should be no-brainers. 23-24 should be totally free if we're doing our job. Now you might say, well, Daniel, there's a rhino governor. So here's the deal. For states where there's a rhino governor or a Democrat governor, keep in mind that in a lot of states, Republicans already have two-thirds majorities so they could override a veto. They can govern directly from the legislature or in some pivotal states, you need only 51 percent, surprisingly, or 60 percent to override. So, for example, West Virginia, Jim Justice is, is a is a dung hole. Sounds like Cuomo, that rhino governor, but Republicans have insane majorities there. And incidentally, they only need a simple majority to override his veto. So you could even lose a lot of rhinos and still not only pass something, but override the governor's veto. West Virginia should be clear. We need to get on that. I haven't checked what legislation is there, but we need to all think of ways, form networks. Again, it doesn't take much. You see, Wisconsin did it on their own. Indiana, super duper majorities. There's a representative there, great guy, that has... um, a bill there, HB 1519, or it might be a variation of it, Bob Morris, he has a bill just to chuck every last thing, not nibbling around the edges. And I don't want to hear, well, we need to compromise. No. Not only is that a trifecta estate, they have a super, they have like 75% majorities in both houses. And Indiana, incidentally, is a state you could override with 51%. 51%. That rhino should be gone. Alabama is another state. Another state. Rhino governor, mask mandate. Super duper majorities, 51% to override. We need patriots there. Kentucky, there's a Democrat governor. But also, Republicans have 75% majorities. You only need 51% to override. 
I know they are definitely looking to do a lot of things, and they have bills already passed out of committee there. But again, we need to make sure the mask mandate, the mandate on the children, it's all gone. There is no excuse. You know, I would take nibbling around the edges in March or April. But after 10 months of this, there is no gain to anything they're doing. There's only pain. And it's unconstitutional anyway. Israel. Israel is doing the triple crown. They're the leader in masks. They're the leader in lockdowns. And they're the leader, by far, in vaccinations. And they have all these panic porn stories about people dying of COVID. Which makes you wonder if the vaccine even works, aside from questions of side effects. That will come out pretty soon. Merck just put out a statement saying that they abandoned their effort to go through with their vaccine. And they basically said that natural immunity is stronger than what they feel they could accomplish. And we're, we're already likely... Look, I'm not going to go out on a limb, and, and a lot of us were wrong when we thought we'd reach herd immunity at 20-25%. But in America, it's likely 35% of the people have it. In many localities, more than that. Plus, there is a certain percentage of people, 15% or so, that are naturally immune. And then certainly if you include those that only will get it asymptomatically, so that's like, who cares? We don't need to worry about that. It's, you know... There is talk in Sweden about them having 40% seroprevalence there, and they think that they've reached it now. I know they thought they reached it before, so look, I'm not going to go out on a limb there. But again, the point is we're a lot closer than we think. It shouldn't be more than a few more months. After the winter wave, this really should be... It's not going to be over with. It's always... Because it's not... This is not like Ebola. It's not designed to be this way. And this is the important point we need to raise with all our legislatures. This is not, and, and this gets me to my next point, because you're going to say, well, what about, we're going through the 31 states. Well, Daniel, what about the states where they need to reverse the statute or you know they can't do it with a resolution? They need to support the governor. And the governor's a rhino, um, like Ohio, or the governor's a Democrat, like North Carolina, and by the way, in Kansas, Kansas is a state where there's a Democrat governor. Republicans have super majorities. Um, in Ohio, where Mike DeWine is, Republicans only need three-fifths to override his veto. And my understanding is that they have at least two-thirds. Um, Louisiana, there's a Democrat governor. But there's no reason why Republicans in the legislature shouldn't fight it. But even in a place where you feel they can't override a veto and the joint resolution doesn't do it. But why should the governor be allowed to violate the Constitution and the Bill of Rights? Not to mention abuse what an emergency power is supposed to be. And we're like, we, we have to dot our I's and cross our T's to do it. No, nullify it with a joint resolution, whether he recognizes that or not. And pass in the res resolution, encourage the states to block the governor and the health department from coming in there and instituting tyranny. I don't want to hear this Amelia Bedelia, oh, it says in statute a public health uh, emergency. That was designed for Ebola, for something that by definition quarantine works. It's very deadly, but it doesn't spread that much. So we've had this before. There's two, three cases. We had maybe seven of Ebola in 2014. You could quarantine that because it doesn't transmit that easily. But there was never power in those laws to quarantine an entire 330 million people when it already spread to a third of people, when everyone's going to get it and it's been proven it's impossible to stop it because it's not something God designed to quarantine. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. In March, there was this thought that this might be a once-in-a-lifetime scenario where it does spread everywhere and it could spread asymptomatically and we don't know, so therefore we have to lock down everyone. I would argue that even if the science would show that that stops it, you could never do that. Oh, the police power to quarantine. You read the 
case law on this. It meant there's five people that had a rare thing or, or there was an outbreak, so you quarantine the outbreak. It's limited in scope and severity and geography and people. You can't say forever, this is what we're doing. Everywhere, everyone, anytime, mask on the face. You can't do that. But certainly the fact that we've seen by their own admission, it didn't work. It's spreading. It continues to spread. So you can't, at some point, you can't look me in the eye and say that that's covered by the emergency statute because that's not, that's not what quarantine is. Not to mention, even if it is, you can't violate the federal constitution and the Bill of Rights. So, you know, even in the areas where they don't have a supermajority or they don't have the ability to do it without the governor, the governor's a rhino, the governor's a dirtbag, I don't care. We should have 31 states where the legislature passes a joint resolution and nullifies it and signals to the counties to do so. And in most states, especially in those 31 states, meaning if Trump won 83% of the counties nationwide in the states we're talking about, he likely won an average of 85, 87% of the counties, they should be good to go. Biden can't do a thing to them. I, I want to give you a vision of what can be done. Now, you'll tell me, well, a lot of these Republicans and legislatures are dirtbags. Well, that's true, and that's part of the problem. But that's where our pressure comes in. They walk among us as state legislators, much more so than in Congress. They live in the communities. We need a network. And for all this grifting, I am one man and I'm trying to do this. I don't understand the hundreds of millions of dollars spent on these conservative organizations, what they do for a living. And again, this could be replicated on so many issues. Blocking Obama, uh, Biden's uh, transgender stuff. You just have the legislatures and the county governments get together and say, look, um, men will not be in women's safe private spaces and dorms and showers and bathrooms and, you know, collegiate sports, high school sports, whatever. We're not doing this. What are they going to do? Send the FBI down or something and, and, uh, put a tranny in the, in the, in the track and field team. I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not reinventing the wheel. This is what blue States look like and have looked like whether there's a Democrat or Republican president. There's no reason in 31 states that Republicans control. I don't want to hear, well, they don't control. The Democrats control everything. No, that's nonsense. Let's take a state like Idaho. So the Idaho House just passed a bill, I believe, to overturn Governor Brad Chicken Little's ban on gatherings. Okay? Ban on gatherings. Now, again, it needs to be more categorical. They need to reverse the mask mandate, the entire emergency. We need to get on their case. They have utterly insane majorities in, um, in Idaho. Now, you might be asking me, um, well, Daniel, how in the world do they have this? Well, I'll do, I'll do you one better. Not only do they have a restriction, they have a ban, they have a mask mandate, and they have a ban on gatherings of more than 10 people in Idaho. What is wrong with this nutcase governor? So Idaho is a perfect state. I know northern Idaho, I have a listener that always sends me stuff from there, has always been viewed as a fiercely independent area, liberty-loving people, northern Idaho. I get it that Californians and others have moved in, but still, I mean, Trump carried the state by over 30 points. And, you know, Republicans have all the statewide offices. They have really strong control. In the, in the, I believe they control the Senate, something like 28 to 7 in the Senate, and 58 to 12 in the House? I mean, 
so t- two things should be happening there. Number one, regardless of what the governor does, they have more than enough votes to totally own him and everything he does and neuter him. And in fact, they likely, I, I haven't looked at their state constitution, but I would imagine they probably have the votes given their four to one majorities or whatever easily to create a constitutional amendment to prevent future cases like this. So to codify some of this stuff, not just as statute, but as constitutional amendments. That's another thing we need to be pushing in a lot of these, the stronger states. And with that, Brad Little is neutered. But then the second step is Brad Little is up for re-election this cycle. The primary starts sooner than you think. If that guy is able to be renominated after having Newsom Cuomo level fascism in Idaho, then we have nobody to blame but ourselves. We are impotent then. If they could beat us on our own territory. I understand a lot of you will email me, Daniel, it's not as conservative as you think, and all these excuses, but again, I mean, I don't want to hear that. Because at the end of the day, if I had to ask you, Are more people bought, do more people want fascism than voted for Trump? I'd say anyone who voted for Trump doesn't want this. And even people that didn't, you know, they're brainwashed or they didn't like his personality, all the negativity. But Trump carried the state by a 31 point margin. Okay? A 31 point margin. So, yeah, I mean, there might be some liberals moving in, but all the more so why you have to fortify the state and make it culturally conservative in a way that these transplants that come for selfish reasons to get away from the stench that they help create with their voting patterns and they want to come there and move it there, well, then they'll think, well, I don't want to live here. And we'll have only patriots moving in. Idaho is a perfect state of when we talk about a beacon for liberty where we could all move, there's no reason a state like that should not be solid. There is no reason whatsoever. Okay, it's that simple. And um, again, you know, Trump carried all but three counties in that state. I think he carried Lata County because um, that's a there's, a there's a university there, and Blaine County. I'm forgetting. Forgive me if I'm ignorant of Idaho. Maybe that's an Indian reservation there. I'm not sure, but you know, there, there there's just no reason. There's no reason the legislatures who don't go along should be forced to convert or die. And again, that governor should be gone. That governor should be gone, gone, gone. So that's the thing, folks. There's a lot of opportunities. State legislative races, county races, governorships. I would would put a much bigger premium on that than the federal races. Meaning, I'm all for walking and chewing gum at the same time. But trust me, this is how, like, Let's say you get a patriot into the House or Senate. Okay, so you're one of who knows how many. But look at what we did in Wisconsin. You totally terminate the entire COVID fascism in an entire state. And you create a new place for people to move. That's what we need to do. Don't waste our best guys. You know, if you have a a guy that's a star in the state legislator and there's a opportunity to run for senate or governor i'd say run for governor you gotta be dumb to run for senate if you have the choice in ohio again ohio has a curfew they have worse restrictions than some blue states republicans have greater majorities there than democrats do in california sb22 was introduced yesterday there's 13 co-sponsors within a few hours But there's only 13. There's a lot more Republicans to go. They need to hear from us.
They need to hear from us. Again, we could easily have half the country, if not more, gone from COVID fascism and extrapolate to many other issues. Many other issues we could fight back. Even on foreign policy, let me just give you the power of a state. Let's say, let's say Biden decides to kiss Iran's rear end and lift sanctions. States could vote to um, not do business with them. Is that going to be a massive market share? I don't know. But you add up 25 states or so, that will, that will definitely do something, and it will also really weaken him, just politically. States have that ability. This is the time to pull that emergency ripcord that Madison gave us in this design. And again, the more we do it culturally, the more we'll have more success in the states. The more we have success at a state governmental level, the more it will be more acceptable in society and some of these professions within those states to come out of the closet and be a conservative. You know, because I, I know that a lot of people, even in red states, you know, in your professions, this may as well be San Francisco. And you know what? All these left-wing companies that love to take advantage of low taxes and move to red states and mess them up, well, now they'll think twice. Well, I don't want to be in a culturally conservative state. Or they'll be forced to go along with it. So this is my point here. There's a lot that we're leaving on the table. There's a lot we're leaving on the table. And like I said, my whole militia movement. Now, I don't think it would be a good idea to have private militias. Like, I mean, fully private because the government's just going to come after you. What needs to be done, as I keep saying, and I think we need to work out with this. I'm speaking with some sheriffs. My goal is to create a constitutional sheriff's association of rural sheriffs, mainly rural sheriffs, that are on the same page where they create a sheriff's posse program, a, cha- a training program. Sheriff Mark Lamb did it in Pinal County, Arizona. I know um, in Canadian County, Oklahoma, the sheriff has done that there. And people forget, you know, everyone's focused on the right to bear arms in the Second Amendment, but there's that second clause there, the militia. We have a right to form a militia. Our founders were very concerned about a national army destroying um, the militias, which really started the country, now, they felt to have a strong country, of course, we needed a, a military, but the, concess- the concession was to keep the militias. Now, a lot of people like nowadays say, oh, that's the National Guard. But that's bull, because that's been incorporated into the federal army, as we see. I mean, yeah, governors still have somewhat control, but ultimately, the president has veto power over that, and they really act like the regular army. We need county militias. And I think the most politically feasible and safe way to do that is to bring law enforcement in together with the people and have a joint partnership with the sheriffs and the people and serve as a force multiplier for the sheriff, but also to establish that relationship with local law enforcement and the local politicians in a way that you'll form an impervious bond so that if the state or the feds come in and screw with the people, you'll have a united front. People have sent me stories in northern Idaho about the feds going after veterans with these red flag laws, and the sheriff comes out there and says, I'm going to arrest you. And everyone comes around the guy's lawn, and, 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 the, and the ATF or whoever those guys were, they, totally, they went away and they never came back. The left does this all the time in blue states, by the way. Look, This is just a smattering of ideas I gave you just in this presentation. I am just one man. Why aren't greater voices that have much larger platforms than I do saying this, um, encouraging their audience to track this legislation, call their legislators, pressure their governor, recruit primary challengers, think of ideas to fight back against 
Biden's, Biden's executive orders. Why, why, why? Why not? Well, I don't know. I can't control what they do, but I can control what I do. I don't have a staff, but I need you guys to be my staff. We're going we're gonna to find out better ways to organize this. And, you know, I'm open to ideas. But again, organize, take this show, take some of the ideas I put out, go to Minimum Speakeasy. If you're not a member on Facebook, um, sign up, ask for a, a request to join. It's a private group, so it will be private. Um, your colleagues and coworkers aren't going to see you. If you want, you could always use a pseudonym. I know some of you do that. I don't blame you, but even if you hate Facebook, do it for now, just for this, and we'll we'll if we get enough people, we'll move it over to hopefully a website and another maybe MeWe or another chat. Um, those of you who are coming along with me to Nevada, we'll have a maybe at at one of Rick Green's night sessions after our shooting, and we're tired of the range. We'll go out and. Um, We'll try to find ways that just, you know, 50 of us could start off forming state chapters and divide it by county, divide it by issue, divide it by role. This person meets with the school board. This person runs for office. This person does media and research. This person, you know, deals with the sheriff. This is how you build a movement. This is how you build a fire like a Boy Scout that's going to be enduring. It will trickle up. If you actually build this, then the federal representatives will be forced to convert or die to this. They'll have to either be defeated or go along with it. It's got to be done the right way. You can't take a match and light a massive branch and think you're going to build a fire that way. It doesn't work that way. The good news is it's starting. The opportunities are there. God gives us these opportunities. The question is, are we going to take yes for an answer? It's going to take work. It's going to take organization. But I envision a day with all this stuff that if we play our cards right, we can not only reverse this terrible tyranny of the last 12 months or so, but really restore America to what Reagan's original dream was that even he couldn't achieve and really was lost by his time already. Heck, we could go back to Calvin Coolidge's days. I really think we can do that, at least in a limited level in some states, some areas. Live in freedom work in freedom, live in accordance with the Bible and the Constitution. Again, email me, dharwitz at blazemedia.com, any of your ideas, um, ways to help. We'll try to curate these in emails. And we're just getting started. It's not going to happen overnight, but I'm trying as much as I can. I know you guys listen to this not just to be informed or entertained, but to be activated. And that's the important thing. Let's get active. Let's get on the playing field. With God's help, we're going to win this. Folks, thanks for listening. Tomorrow we'll be back, same time, same place, here at CR Podcast. Podcast.